I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings, enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts? Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner east. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend, imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. It's another day, the day after my last reflection that I shared. And while I thought I'd put the subject of creating your own sacred spaces out of ordinary places to bed, I came across some unfortunate news this morning. And I dove right back into those same thoughts that I shared with you in the last reflection. So if you'll bear with me just one more time about making the day and the places we encounter holy, I hope it'll be of some value to you. One of my spiritual sisters has a tree that she loves to go to. It's a bit of a drive from where we live, as I understand it. Unfortunately, I've never been to this place, but she's shared images of it often. Through our various conversations and things that we share, I came to appreciate the tree that she would talk about. It's over a hundred years old, live oak, twisted and knotted, very unique looking. In a beautiful space, it seemed all on its own. And it sounded like she would go there, especially in times where she needed some refreshment or retreat. I have places like that. This park that I walk in so often has become one of those places. I recall when the pandemic started and we 
we're all working from home. Those early days, we were all trying to find our footing. Our children were out of school. And so we had to get out of doors. We couldn't stay in the house. There was this sort of looming fear that we all needed to isolate in our homes. But whether that was true or not, it was still a feeling. So we made a point to come to this lovely park. And there's very few people here ever, even during the summer. And there was one particular tree way out in the east corner. It wasn't huge, but it had a, a nice circle of shade. And that sort of became my family's spot. We would bring our books and blankets and frisbee and baseball gloves and just enjoy the time together. A few hours, then we'd go back home, we'd do our work. Time was more elastic. My boys even got to the point where they would say, oh, we're going to the park today. And they'd say, our tree. Obviously, the tree didn't belong to us. The tree shouldn't belong to anybody. But we'd taken comfort under its branches. We felt love together, laughter, and joy. And as the months went by, and the more often we did that, the tree started to feel sacred, that space around it. It took a, we took a particular liking to it, and I would almost say that the tree liked us as well. We were careful underneath it, we were considerate. I just walked by that tree. Certainly doesn't look the same as it did last year at this time. We've had two hurricanes and a major ice storm since. I recall coming here after the storms, a couple of weeks after the storms, in fact, the first storm. The whole park was really wrecked. Some of the older trees up in the main area had fallen. But I followed the path past fallen light poles and tumbled brick out to the tree where my family had found refuge. And one of the trees had fallen over or been blown over. And the one where we would rest had two very large limbs ripped from it. Limbs that could have been trees themselves that were so large. But the tree still stood. On that day I sat on the limb and wept. I knew the tree would survive. But I wept for the pain. For the love that we felt underneath that branch. I keep a small multi-tool in my pocket at all times and I laid my walking stick on the ground. 
that I've had for 25 years or more. And it happened to lay next to a branch that was almost the exact same shape. I love alignments. I love looking for them and seeing them. And I felt a sense of joy when I saw that particular shape. And so I used my multi-tool and I cut that piece off of that branch and brought it home with me. Skinned the bark off and carved my sigil into it and sanded it and stained it. And I named it Stormwood. I walked with it for a long time right after the storms. But now I've put it away in my memories. I hold it sometimes and think about that day sitting with the tree broken. This circles back to what I was talking about my dear friend's tree for. When I saw the photos she shared this morning the tree was burning and in the background the marsh was burning too now, I don't know the full story but when I saw the picture it was beautiful and terrible at the same time it's so easy for me to want to slip into the idea of impermanence and say, change is the law. And I know that it is, but sometimes it still burns. I didn't see a tree burning and I'm sure she didn't either. I saw a friend, a temple, a church, holy ground on fire. You know, in my last reflection yesterday, I talked about how easy it is to simply walk through this world unaware, not paying attention to what's going on around us, not looking, appreciating. And what I am trying to encourage in people is the exact opposite. My friend, my, my spiritual sister, had developed that and has continues to develop that. And that beautiful tree was a part of it. And while I know it's easy to say it will live in her memories, it'll forever be changed. I pray it's not completely burned to the ground. And I know she'll go check and she'll probably mourn. But it's so easy to just look at the world around us and say, tree, bird, park, bench. Sometimes I think naming allows us to disregard things so we don't have to experience them. 
We don't have to have a relationship with them. Sometimes I think naming gives us less of an identity. Identity is what drives this world, it seems. Greed, hatred, jealousy, violence, suffering, all of these things. There's already enough that's born into us. Suffering and death. We're born, we age, we get sick, and then we die. In the midst of that, there's troubles and pain. And when we name those things that way, it just keeps us there. There's already so much of that, that life is going to hand each one of us in varying degrees, and yet human beings seem to add more and more of it. I don't know how the fire started, and I don't know if my friend knows either. But I believe that the, some of the evidence must point to it have been some kind of a stray fire or cigarette or spark of some kind started by human beings. And I know it's easy to say, well, it's one tree. I mean, I look around myself right now and there's trees everywhere. But that tree could be a spiritual home to someone. You know, this park feels that way to me sometimes. And when I come out here, there's people have broken seating areas purposely sprayed graffiti or paint it's litter left behind I mean as much as there's green in front of me I see the fingerprints of humanity everywhere I look and not the good way where we work with nature but the careless callous way It's easy to fall into despair. And sometimes I think we should feel a little sad. And then maybe that's our problem. Is that we don't stop to feel sad. We get so used to things that we just go along with them. We live in a heavily industrialized petrochemical area and I touched on this in my last reflection but when you stop to consider how far away from our area you would have to get to escape the sound of an engine I mean in this park I hear birds singing but that song is diluted by the sound of the refineries in the distance. And if we don't stop to consider it, we're used to it. And we don't work to change it. 
we just say that's the way it is and we think it's okay I see litter in the park sure signs that human beings have been here and just did complete and utter disregard for the area and I can just walk by and say well that's just the way it is I don't need to change anything in myself I don't need to change my perspective it's not my problem I don't need to think about it and so we don't and like a herd we move forward and we don't learn anything And just as with the fire that consumed my friend's dear tree, her sacred space, her friend, I'm sure it was probably something very similar. A smoke, a lighter, a small fire, not put out properly, tossed aside, and then the marsh burns and ancient trees are destroyed and we move forward like a herd I don't know what the answer is and I'm not perfect I've left my fingerprints on the world I've not always touched it with mindfulness and awareness. But at some point, I came to appreciate these open public spaces, these natural friends and wonders. And I just wonder how often, how many more times will I get the chance to enjoy them? Can you imagine being in the same space, any space that you hold dear, and not having to hear the sound of a combustion engine? It's a rare thing, at least in the area that I live. You know, this park, these footsteps, this stone path, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that it's not overrun with people in truth. But at the same time, I do wish there were more people here sometimes, walking mindfully, enjoying the place and keeping it holy not treating it as a thing to be used and used up. Perhaps that's the thing that's heaviest on my heart is exactly what I just said. That we look around the world and we simply move forward and treat everything and everyone as things to be used and used up. You know, if we, someone hurts someone we love, it brings about a range of emotions, feelings, 
despair, anger, rage, sorrow, maybe ideas of vengeance. And when it's close, in that close circle around us, those feelings seem justified. But then we look outside of our circle and we see someone else perhaps going through the same thing. Do we see them like we see ourselves? Do we see the things in their lives as important? What they care about should matter. Especially if it harms no one and supports the general good. I don't want to believe that we're selfish, careless creatures. But I think we might be. I do believe we can change. But I know, for me, that takes work. Daily work and a lot of failing. Every day, thinking about it, taking actions to change, feeding my mind information that will help me in that goal, and then one foot in front of the other, one word, one changed thought, one new perspective, the dial turns. And then trees are no longer just trees. Birds are no longer just birds. And the world starts to sing. And even this park with all its damage is holy. If you've stumbled upon this message, just however you got here, yet again, I encourage you to just start trying to think that way. Change may not come immediately, but the next time you walk through a public park, or you visit an ancient tree, or you're out in nature, Think about the way you're touching it and consider that someone else may hold that space dear. It's so important. Seeing my friend's special space burning just breaks my heart and I just wonder if there's any way possible that whoever started the fire even considered that far away from where they stood were the deep roots of an ancient oak that meant so much to so many what can I learn from that 
just like the branches of that special tree that my family used to rest under were growing so far and wide. Perhaps the branches of our concern can grow far and wide like that, creating more shade for more beings, reaching out to shelter more and more beyond our own trunk. I don't have anything else to say today. Can't imagine that I could say anything more to encourage you to cultivate awareness. I do hope something I've said this morning will be of use to you on your waking way. I hope we all wake up in our own time before we're out of time. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred. Brother Oren Parker is the producer and host of the Dawn Deacon and the Find the Good News podcast. As a licensed ecumenical minister, he practices universal spiritual accompaniment, offering a brother's ear to fellow seekers. Oren provides baptism, blessing, and union ceremonies, as well as tailored rituals to memorialize special occasions or blessings to sanctify personal spaces. Brother Oren also officiates weddings and funerals. For information or to contact Oren, visit findthegood.news or email Oren at orenparker.com. Oh,